BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Yeah, we're down to two words. The first will be revealed at 420. The last at 520. It is, of course, the keyword and your way to possibly getting $1,000 in inflation bonus cash from KFI. You hear the word at 420, and then John will tell you what to do next. It's coming up on the John and Ken Show. We are going to talk now to, do we have him ready? I don't see him on the phone. You oh. do. I'm here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> coming in that way, are you? All right. Alex Stone. Because Tricky. Every day, there seems to be another strange angle to the story up in Idaho of the uh, four young people killed in the house, stabbed to death, brutal, gruesome, bloody. What, what's going on, Alex? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, every day it does get weirder. What we know today uh, is uh, sources are telling us uh, those two roommates who were at home uh, during the murders, we now know were there, and either they were, uh, they didn't hear it, you know, they'd been out drinking. Were they passed out drunk? Were they hiding the entire time? But they were not the ones who dialed 911 eight hours after the murders. Somebody dialed 911 reporting an unresponsive person, and then police got there, and there were four who were uh, just brutally stabbed, blood all over the place, from what we understand. But it wasn't those roommates who made that phone call. And police won't say, were they hiding, were they not? They're, they're not suspects, but... They may or may not be witnesses, and I mean, we're, well, we're were they awake by noon? We don't know. Were they awake when it happened? How do you kill four people in a home and stab them, and, and nobody hears any of that? And so it was two more girls, the roommates. Yeah, two more uh, young women in the, their early twenties, and the the families of uh, one of them telling us that, that she's traumatized that she's working with the FBI, but we asked police about this and they said this. What we have to determine in the course of the investigation and interviewing these two is if they heard something, if they saw something, what they heard, what they saw, and that would potentially make them witnesses. Somebody came in using what they believed to have been a tactical knife and stabbed and killed four people who were stabbed numerous times. And did they not hear it? Were they, you know, just stunned and but for eight hours? Um, so it's really bizarre. And police saying, though, everybody right now is a suspect. No one has been ruled included or excluded as a person of interest and or a suspect. Everyone is still being investigated. So, guys, police are going to stores in Idaho. They're asking, uh, do you have any uh, info on people buying a Rambo-style tactical knife recently? Not an uncommon knife for people to have in Idaho, but they 
you know, could be a lead if they were to find somebody who bought one, but this person could have had it already. Uh, we sat down with county prosecutor. He says they've got no suspects, that they have no leads on who this was. And now you have the dynamic of so many of the students have left the university because they're freaked out. Parents have told them, leave, there's a killer on the loose. And now Thanksgiving break that many of them were leaving today anyway. So the the lead prosecutor saying now investigators have to travel to do their interviews and go find these kids who might have been out partying, might have been at a bar, might have been at the sorority party or fraternity party that some of them had been at that night um, and talk to them there. But not a lot of folks are around in Moscow right now. And Abigail Spencer, she's a student. She says campus is really eerie. I think a lot of people are afraid and like I'm definitely nervous. There's still a suspect at large. There is still so much we don't know about the case. Then really police, uh, granted, we know that they always know more than what they're putting out there, but they say that the, the one thing that they need to know, who did this, they have no idea. And forensic teams went back to the house yesterday looking for any evidence that could have been missed. Was there any DNA that was overlooked? It didn't seem like they any, found any a whole lot. Any word about fingerprints uh, that the... Uh... How about surveillance video from anywhere? Right. Yeah, no, well, I mean, there's one surveillance video that, that we've got, and police say they're looking at as well. Just before 2 a.m., two of the female victims, they were at a food truck outside of a bar ordering food, but they look happy. They're taking photos. They're cheerfully talking to the guy in the food truck, um, and, you know, no video of anybody watching them or following them so that one doesn't seem to to shed a lot of light but no on this. ring doorbell at the house or nothing anything like no that. this was a party house one of the no. the sisters of the one of the victims telling us that this was a college party house that for decades had been that even though these kids had just moved in you know what in the last couple of years um but uh, no video that we know of so there there's at least five girls that live there and did the boy that got murdered, Ethan, was he living there, or was he the boyfriend of? You know, it seems like he was a boyfriend uh, romantically. I don't know if he actually, if he, if uh, he uh, bunked there, but uh, but he was there at the time, and yeah, um, but it was mainly was... the the girls who were together, the the women who were together. Um, but today they were flying a police drone over the house, trying to map it out all day. They've been flying that thing. Um, the autopsies found that they were stabbed multiple times. Um, but the coroner said, yeah, and this tells you how gruesome it was, she could not tell if there were any defensive wounds on their hands or anywhere else. The father of one of the victims says that that he was told or read in one of the autopsy reports that his daughter did appear to have defensive wounds. Um, but again, you know, how it all went down, police say they're in the dark on this because they haven't been able to find any forensic evidence, any witness uh, evidence uh, pushing them their way, witness statements that, that they don't know. And at this point, there's a murderer on the loose. They don't know. Man, woman, age, anything. They don't know who it was. And they, they originally said that this seemed to be targeted. But did they pull back from that? They called it a targeted killing. But now people are thinking maybe not. Well, here's where it gets weird. So on Monday, if it wasn't already weird, on Monday, they put out a short statement essentially saying there's been a murder. Four people are dead. We're not going to tell you anymore. Don't ask any questions. There's no threat to the community. Then they put out another statement on Tuesday saying that they were killed with a sharp-edged object like a knife, but didn't say it was a knife. And then on Wednesday, after tons of pushback, the chief came out and said, look, this is creating panic. There are so many rumors. It was a knife. Why not just say it was a knife on Tuesday instead of a sharp-edged object? 
Um, he said, you know, that, that them being quiet and, and not answering anything, it's a lesson for police departments across the country. It just makes it worse. It isn't saving their investigation. It has made it go downhill even more. And he said he could no longer say that there was no threat to the community, which they said on Monday. But he said because the killer is out there that they can't say that any longer after they got a lot of blowback. But they still believe it was probably targeted based on that the person went in there, no forced entry, uh, went after these uh, four, but they don't know. They're just going on a, on a theory. One thing for you here, we talked to a, a threat assessment psychologist who works with police a lot, Dr. Marissa Randazzo. She has a take on this. She says probably single killer, maybe somebody who is romantically interested in one of the victims, and probably only one person. Normally a knife attack would not be more. She told us this. It is highly likely that there was only one killer. I believe it is also very likely they were targeting one of the individuals, possibly two, but that uh, they've encountered two others at the same time. Um, we typically don't see knife attacks, stabbings, that are carried out by multiple people. This is typically going to be one person. It's always possibility, but, but likelihood that it's just one we're talking about one other interesting tidbit she added in there is she said that quite often when somebody uses when a murderer uses a tactical knife like a rambo style tie fixed blade that oftentimes are dressed in tactical or hunting gear so she says as a police officer as a detective you would probably be going to those same stores where you're asking did anybody buy this knife and saying did anybody buy tactical or hunting gear you know nobody knows who knows if this person was wearing that but she says they have found through the history of murders, and when a knife like this is used, quite often they kind of rambo up and try to get into that, that mode, and oftentimes uh, they're, they're dressed in that kind of gear. They're not saying whether or not these uh, people that were killed slept in separate bedrooms or anything like that? or they're in the No, same we don't know. They won't answer any of that. Uh, there are some indications that they were in bed, uh, maybe not all in the same room. Uh, yeah, some had been out at, at uh, Greek parties that night. The others had been at a bar, but all of them were home at about 145. And right before that, the two girls were seen at the food truck. Two hours later, they were dead. But it wasn't reported to police for eight more hours. And who made that call? Police won't say. What was going on during that eight-hour period? We don't know. All right. Thank you, Alex, very much. We appreciate it. You got it. it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI on the murder of the four college students who attended the University of Idaho, a place called Moscow, Idaho. They were killed in an off-campus house. Now, the, the two roommates that lived, that may have slept through this well it sounds targeted because why weren't they killed too if it was just somebody out to be a mass murderer right wouldn't they just kill everybody in the house or why would they spare these two i don't they, know because we don't know what the relationships were I, we don't I, what motivates this kind of intense violent passion it's usually love or money some yeah some they were alive at like one in the morning and they were probably dead by four in the morning some kind of revenge or betrayal that, that triggered the attack unless it was just an out and out psycho uh, all right, we got more coming up. John and Ken. Oh, yeah, the keywords next. KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The Moist Line will follow the reveal of the keyword just after 520. Moist Line rounds one and two on the John and Ken show. Well, let's come to this. From the world of increasingly uninteresting COVID news, two developments. One is the expected. L.A. County officially went to its recommendation to mask indoors. Good luck with that. Although I did see a few more people today than I normally see when I went to a restaurant. 
I was a little bit puzzled. Usually it's one out of every 50. There's Today pe- it was probably three out of 50. There's people who immediately obey. <laughs> what did the government say? What are the government instructions today? I will comply. That's right. I'm reading an uptick. I'm nervous. Because they are the experts and they know things. I will mask at the beach and mask in the shower. (laughs) Also, the Biden administration is rolling out some bribes. We told you that the percentage of the population that's getting the latest COVID booster, known as the bivalent booster, it's supposed to target some of the newer um, mutations. John has the list, ba.ba.7.b.z.q.q.q.q.q.q.q. Ba. Ba. Sure, we, we could spend the rest of the day going through that. Yeah. Well, uh, the numbers are pretty dismal. Uh, people are not bothering. So this is very exciting. If you get the Omicron-specific shot at a CVS, a Safeway, a Winn-Dixie, or a Rite Aid, you can get $20 off your purchases. Woohoo! You know, you can't even buy a package of paper towels for 20 bucks you can't you know you talk a lot about paper towels well because i went bounty paper towels they oh, have i like pa- viva i don't like bounty well, i don't sell viva at the store i go to viva is really good it's is like it better a real- i find it very absorbent yes. well i sometimes in fact, i just had a house guest and she said to me wow these what who's these paper towels they're good don't get cheap paper towels you shouldn't. No, because I, I got cheap paper towels. My wife was... Uh, oh, you got like the store brand or something? Yeah, some some off-brand thing. And it 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 soaks up the water uh, uh, just a little bit, right? But just a little bit of water floods the whole sheet, and it's sopping wet. Yeah, that's what you don't want. You know, it's too cheap and thin. Right. So I looked, I looked, Bounty, it, it says 8 equals 12. You know, it's the scam they pull. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. buying 8 rolls, but it's really 12 rolls. 12 rolls, No, right. it's not, but fine. They make the rolls bigger. Yeah. So it's $25. And I just looked online here just to see if that was the same uh, price that's going on. Here it is. Oh. Uh, 8 rolls equals 12. Target, $22. Staples, twenty four thirty seven. My store, over 25 bucks. No. Oh. So so his stupid $20 coupon for getting uh, the latest uh, shot, can't get a package of paper towels with that. because the- Well, they, they are packaging this as an inflation fighter, too. You want to hear this headline? And this comes from the New York Times. Yes. And they know things, don't they? The will- Times? <laughs> the New York Times. Uh, sure. Will COVID boosters prevent another wave? Scientists aren't so sure. And I'm looking at this like, what? The shots may help, may help older, pregnant, and immunocompromised Americans dodge serious illness or death. Yeah, I'm all of those, by the way. <laughs> oh, what's the due date? <laughs> I did get the bivalent shot. But Only the, 11% of the country has. But very, the, very listen, low. Listen to this. Recent studies suggest the doses are not likely to prevent infections in any no. group. Well, it, again, it's not about preventing infections. I thought it was about making sure you don't get as sick. Yeah, but originally they were selling it as uh, prevent. Remember, they wouldn't let you work. People were losing their jobs because they wouldn't take the uh, take the shot. Yeah. Like, are you trying to kill people? Well, I mean, the theory is the sicker you are, the more infectious you are. So if you get the vaccine and you're a little less sick, hopefully you're a little less infectious. I don't know if that's true. I'm just making stuff up, but it sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's about, you know, as much as the Times. But one of the researchers says, oh, this is Dr. Peter Marks. He's the FDA's top vaccine regulator. Well, there we go. That's That's an expert. This guy knows stuff. It's true. We're not sure how well these vaccines will do 
against preventing symptomatic disease. Oh, yeah. So, but he says get it anyway because what do you got to lose? Yeah. 19.5 million people out of 225 million people eligible that have come forward to get the new bivalent shots. So. so you've had five shots. I have, yes. Right, the original two-shot vaccine and then two boosters and now this one. Yeah, I only had four. You only, you I'm standing one. down for now. I Looks like it doesn't make any difference. Although, you know, look, look uh, in the other room, Deborah Mark went down. Yeah. So she got the fifth shot too, so. I don't but think she, she tested down. herself. She claims she just has a cold. She, yeah, she just told me she hopes it's not COVID, but she didn't. Uh, she could just have a cold or yeah, a flu. Yeah, don't even test. Just don't <laughs> bother. Just what's uh, the point? Because it'll go on a record, and then they'll start issuing more mandates, and it's like, and just keep it to yourself. Tough it out. Yeah. Don't answer. Now look at this state. map here of where inflation's hitting the hardest in the United States. Los Angeles, seven point five percent, but we're not as bad as Atlanta. Phoenix, twelve percent. They're getting hit with inflation in Phoenix. 12%. Oh, it's a lot of it has to do with the average price of a home. Oh. Apparently, that's a hot yeah. place for people to move. It was up 9% in September compared to the same time last year. So that pushes them because inflation takes into account the cost of lots of things, including homes. I, 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 am, I know the reasons to go to a place like Phoenix. I am still stunned that people are willing to endure 120-degree summers. That is a just, tough downside uh, of that, yes. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that overwhelms a lot of, a lot of good stuff. But All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll give you everything we know after 5 o'clock about the release of this man who plowed into the police recruits. The other morning in an area of Whittier, they were out doing a run together in formation, and you've seen the video probably where he just drives the wrong side of the street. Right into the pack of uh, cadets running. Oh, he's free. He's free. That was a stunner last night. He is a free person for now. Uh, the answer, or at least what we can know of it, we'll talk about after the news at 5 o'clock. The moist line and one final keyword is coming at around 520 here on the John and Ken Show. Well, recently, Governor Dippity Doo rejected all of the homelessness action plans submitted by every local government and nonprofit in the state. He rejected all of them, saying they were not ambitious enough. You need to step up to the plate. You need to meet the moment. <laughs> he threw out the good with the bad. If there was some good ones in there, we don't really know. But that's what he did. Well, Today, he was meeting with them in Sacramento. Local elected leaders from across the state a meeting with Newsom, maybe it's already happened, to try to figure out what this means and what they can do to get the hundreds of millions of dollars in funding that Newsom has put a stop sign on. Well, that's now, what's got the Once all... again, it sounds like he's grandstanding, but maybe he has a point if the plans stink. Well, of course they stink. Remember that's... the example that one of them was going to reduce the uh, the increase by 70? So I forget what the, the figure was, but something like, uh, so it wouldn't increase more than 71%. Something like that. He somebody Not that they were going to cut it 71%, but it wasn't right. increased by more than 71%. I, I know what's going on here. I, I don't know if he's calculating this or somebody's calculating it for him. His crowd, his team, knows that the homeless videos are the death knell for his presidential campaign. You start running those videos in campaign commercials, he doesn't last five minutes. So he's got to look like Mr. Super, superhero. He has one year to do that. 
He has one year to change the story, to change the subject. And so he's going to do dramatic stuff. Remember, he doesn't care about the homeless. The homeless started getting out of control while he was mayor of San Francisco, and that was 18 years ago. And now he's been governor for four years. Did nothing. Zero. Less than zero. So he doesn't care. You know, when he's, what is he, 55 years old? You know, when 53, you're, I think. Or, when, when, when you're that, that's Garcetti, somewhere around there. When you're that old and you've had that many years uh, in public life in elected office and everything got worse and worse and worse, it means you don't care or you have really bad, stupid ideas. But he wants to be president. All right. So what's he going to do? He's going to talk tough. And it was very calibrated the other day, remember, when he said, he goes, first he says, well, you know, we got we to gotta fight back against the narrative from Fox News and the right-wing noise machine. <laughs> And then later on, buried in the story, yeah, there's a lot of criticism coming from them. But, you know, they're right about some things. It's like, oh, look at that. Because, again, he wants to appeal to more people than left-wing lunatics in San Francisco. That's what they say. Whenever you run from office, you have to broaden your appeal. Because if he drives out of Sacramento, he goes down, uh, starts going east, down Interstate 80, right? By the time he gets to the Nevada line... He has no fans. He has no fans for about 2,500 miles. His fans are clustered right here in that little narrow strip we talked about yesterday, that little blue strip along the coast that you see on election maps this week. But, again, you go down Route 80, maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 miles, no fans. You know? Right. I mean, the, 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 the eastern half of California, everybody hates him. Nevada, he'll be hated. Dumbest thing in the world for him personally to run for president. But it's even stupider if he runs while there's 100,000 homeless people wandering all over the big cities. So he's grandstanding here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like any of these homeless people. Yeah, I called him out on this. I stood up to them. They're not solving the homeless problem. I stopped the money. Listen to these quotes he's given in various places. Deliver damn results. It's a crisis. (laughs) Act like it. Everybody step up. I'm not the mayor. You want me to come in? I'll do the job. I'll do it happily. Hey, come here. Go ahead. Let's uh, yeah, uh, come to L.A. Put, like put up or shut up here. Yeah, come to L.A. Because show us your big idea. And I, when you were mayor of San Francisco, it didn't really make much of a dent. I'm sure all the plans stink because everything's got worse, right? They've had these plans every year. And I noticed the complaints from some of the mayors is, oh, he can't take away our money. That's all they care about because they're employing all their political friends and their political friends, brothers and brothers-in-laws and son-in-laws, right? They ah, promised yeah. jobs. They've all started up nonprofits. Oh, wait a second. One of my biggest donors just started a nonprofit. You, you can't, you can't uh, block the money. Which is why we present the following story, which may or may not be part of the homeless industrial complex we talk about on the John and Ken Show. This from the San Francisco Chronicle. Here's the first paragraph. San Francisco auditors have notified the FBI about a city nonprofit that controls nearly $28 million in public funds meant to provide housing to formerly homeless people, saying the organization improperly collected rent payments and stood by when access to housing was illegally sold to residents. So you can see what happened there. They were supposed to provide the housing for free to the homeless. Instead, somebody's telling the homeless, oh, yeah, you don't live here for free. You got to pay us rent. <laughs> you got to give us a cut. Now, if San Francisco's controller office and the city attorney's office 
thinks there has to be an investigation and is calling in the FBI. I'm thinking this must be bad. You would you would expect there's some tolerance there for you know what nonprofits oh, sure. trying to help the homeless. Everybody could do. everybody's got to skim you know their five percent or ten percent. Also, the controller's office put out a report that they should consider cutting ties with this organization known as the United Council of Human Services. They run shelters and a drop-in resource center and a safe camping site. For years, apparently, the United Council of Human Services has not met the terms of its agreement of its agreements. And uh, they don't properly document the money that they spend. Eh, bad, 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 bad. You see what I'm where we're getting but, at here? But, but for years they've done this. Yes. How many Since millions? 2017, of... there was a report like this. How many? 2017. Yeah, there was a report in 2017. <laughs> they were misclassifying expenditures. That's what I'm talking about. Board members didn't seem to understand how the organization was run. Well, that's nice. <laughs> All they know is they were getting big deposits into their bank accounts from the state. And the city probably gave them grant money. And the city, all kinds of grants. And then they just took the money like that nut in the Bahamas now, right, with FTX. Then you just download the money into your account and send it to some island. And that's your business. That's your work day. For one example, uh, the United Council of Human Services converted a unit of supported housing into an office space, which is not permitted by the grant agreement. Yeah. Yeah, they decided, oh, yeah, we need this. Uh, more room for our uh, bureaucracy. Let's make it an office space here. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking on their website. Uh, I'm looking at, at these people. Uh, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Westbrook seems to run it. Oh, yeah. She's described her title as mother in charge. Uh, the program director, Nikita Woodson. I, I, you know, I'm looking for these people in this story here, and they should be mentioned, and they should be forced to. There explain. is a there is a name Westbrook later on. Oh, look at that! Westbrook has donated hundreds of dollars to campaigns for Mayor London Breed and Supervisor <laughs> Shaman Walton. There we go. Sure, right at the end of the story. Right. Yeah, yeah. They find they finally get to it. Yeah, they hundreds of dollars this to Westbrook camp- character. For, yeah, for to the mayor and one of the supervisors. Westbrook has been an influential figure in San Francisco for years. Okay, so, which means she's given a lot of money to these hack politicians. Oh, listen to this. And they give her a contract. A non- Look at the last paragraph. She was serving as a senior manager assistant for the city's port in 1997, the year she was charged with embezzlement and grand theft for stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars in parking lot collections. There you go. And you put this woman in charge of a homeless nonprofit? <laughs> And now there are questions? <laughs> Lifetime grifter. <laughs> it doesn't mention. It says she was charged. Was she convicted? Was there a plea deal? What happened? Yeah, again, that, that, that ought to be explained. But they buried her at the bottom of the story. And, and, and then at the last paragraph, and who gets to the last paragraph? Because it, it's the boring story. You don't know any of these people, right? It's, it's all bureaucratic crimes and bureaucratic explanations. Wonderful. This is where the money goes. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, The big 5 o'clock Friday hour is about to show up. And, of course, we'll start with the jaw-dropping story that the man that plowed through the police recruits who were running in an area of Whittier, injuring seriously several of them, has been released. He was, quote, detained. They're working up a case against him, but they can't hold him. 
for more than 48 hours or so unless they actually have uh, filed charges. Yeah, I still don't and understand. So that. even though we heard from the sheriff that this appears to be a deliberate act, we'll bring you all of this coming up after the news at 5 o'clock. Then we're going to have a keyword, John. You'll we'll hear the last keyword. The last for keyword. For now of the inflation bonus contest that's been going on for weeks here on KFI and you're shot at $1,000. Then the moist line. Do you want me to keep going? It's quite an hour. It's packed. Packed. I'll be there. We'll talk about theft and how the top executive at Target is saying, oh my God, we're getting ripped off. Target had a tough quarter and they're blaming some of retail theft by organized groups for that. This will come up after we're in the five o'clock hour. Well, from the category of... Uh, how else do you put it? That's kind of that's got to hurt. At a uh, hot springs pool in Yellowstone National Park, some time ago, they found part of a foot still in the shoe, mm. floating in the abyss pool at Yellowstone National Park. This happened in July. That's all they found. Now, months later, they were identifying the person who fit with that shoe and that foot. It's a 70-year-old Los Angeles man. Now, the weird part is he died in an unspecified incident. Well, I don't know. What's your guess here? Well, that he it, fell into the... Uh, it's the hot springs. Yeah, it's, like, and, I was that's just all up, that was left of him. I was, was just the, up at Yellowstone, and they have barriers, and they have signs, and they even have photos of you know what could happen. If you fall into the pool, like not photos, they have like drawings, right? Yes. And so you have to be really drunk or really they have drawings when you get dissolved. Well, they show a guy um, <laughs> slipping, yeah, with his arms askew in oh, the air right, 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 and right. his head back. And then you see the boiling water next to him oh. and you know what the next scene is. Yeah, that's like, you know. Boiling a lobster. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 140 degrees. It's always throwing off steam. It, it often smells like sulfur, and depending on the minerals in the water, the, the ponds are very colorful, which is really the appeal of going and, and, and looking. Is because Did you go to the abyss pool? Uh, I don't. Maybe. I don't remember the name. It's names the well-known hot spring. Oh, yeah. You know what? I probably did. Yellowstone's it, West Thumb Geyser Basin, yeah, then northwestern I, Wyoming. Then I went there. Definitely. Well, it took them till now to do the DNA they found the foot in August, but they just did a match to a 70-year-old man named Il Hun Ro, I-L-H-U-N, then R-O. His family has been notified. Now, wouldn't they have already come forward to say, well, we think he was at Yellowstone and we can't find him? Or Well, if he fell into the pool, yeah, I don't know what's left of you after a while because... If you fall in and nobody's around, who's going to know? That's what I'm thinking. And Nobody I, was I, with them. And I think you just, the hot water, I don't know, maybe all your flesh just boils off after a while, right? They are saying that, that an unwitnessed incident involving one individual happened on the morning of July 31st. No foul play occurred. Well, they have these boardwalks that they build, and it raises you a little bit above the land, and then they have, like, wooden rails. And yeah. you really have to go. Now, I understand the appeal because they're colorful and they're bubbling. And, I, and you, you, you know, part of you wants to go really close and see. But, you know, they show you the guy uh, toppling, into the, uh, toppling into the pond. 
into yep. the pool. Uh, like, don't do that. Here, the ground around these hydrothermal areas of the park is very thin and fragile. Scalding water lies just below the surface. Visitors have been badly burned before. On October 4th of last year, a 20-year-old woman from Washington suffered significant burns from her shoulders to her feet when she tried to rescue her dog. From Maiden's Grave Spring, the water there reaches 200 degrees. 200? The dog did die. That's almost boiling. I mean, you can't she... take an animal to a place like that. They're too curious. They don't understand signs. She boiled her dog. Oh. I, I don't, I just don't get it. It's a good people. thing Deborah Mark's not here today. That's no. two bad should, animal stories. We have, we, we have to give her a rundown Monday. No, no, no. <laughs> We'll spare hey, her. here's what you missed. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, but a seven-year-old wouldn't be likely to want a good selfie. So that's probably not the no, case. No, but you get these weird, curious people who, I don't know. Yeah, because I'm looking here. The next one is a 19-year-old who suffered burns and a 23-year-old well, who walked off a boardwalk, slipped and fell into a hot spring. Oh, how terrible and died. That's why they put up the signs with the pictures, right? Because you get a lot of world oh, people know that, but they say nag, 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 nag. Yeah, well, what sound do they make when they fall in the two? For every hundred guys, it walks up really close. Yeah, maybe one falls in. I'll take yeah. my chances, right? I just <laughs> all right. At two hundred okay. degrees, feels good. I'll tell you. Five o'clock hour Friday, the moist line people are around the corner. So is the last keyword in the inflation bonus contest. We'll begin by telling you what we know about this man that drove through the crowd of cadets running in Whittier and uh, the fact that he's been released, even though it appears to be a deliberate act. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Mark Ronner live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.